welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by the Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast pumps, breast pump accessories, and more through your insurance. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you leak breast milk, you can now stop losing it to your breast pads and instead collect it to add to your stash. But we will hear more from our sponsor later. Um, But if you can, head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page and see if you can give any of them your business if you need anything because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And also check our, our shop page for our awesome merchant merchandise that jo- uh, Josh, <laughs> Abby's my, husband, my did. other, my work <laughs> wife and I designed uh, ourselves <laughs> and so we are still hosting our ongoing giveaway for people who leave reviews. Uh, so just leave a review anywhere that you can leave a review um, stars or anything words. Anything you like, anything you can. Send we us a screen. Shout out to the people doing Spotify because I think our stars popped up on there. I didn't really oh. know what they were before, but now they're like over a hundred stars on there. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Or reviews or all. whatever. So thank you. Yeah, and make sure you send us a screenshot of that because we will send you a little goodie bag of um, stickers, badass breastfeeding podcast stickers, and thank you for nursing in public cards that you can pass out and. Um, yeah, that's all I think about that. And Diane has our review of the week. I do for sure. Although my phone just turned off, so I don't have, now I've got it. Okay. What I was looking for, thank you so much for delving into all things breastfeeding and relevant. It has helped me transition from someone who felt defeated after being told my baby wouldn't likely breastfeed to a happier mama who pumps, breastfeeds, and supplements with formula guilt-free. The recent co-sleep breastfeeding while sleeping episode was very educational and eye-opening. I hope you are able to help women and parents for a long, long time. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Um, Thank you. And I love that she does all the things and she's like, I feel good about it. Yeah. So that is awesome. And shame on that person who told me your baby wouldn't breastfeed. I hate that. Ugh. I don't know why people say that. Just to be mean. Let and me just be mean to this even, person. Like, how do you know? I know. I know it. So we're like, well, like, some babies just don't do it. No, that's what? not that's the case. Not true. That's not true. And I mean, I'm sure. There's a lot of people listening right now who were told that at some somewhere down the line. Well, well, your some babies just won't breastfeed, or your baby's not going to breastfeed. I mean, how I mean, devastating that I know. must feel. What the hell? Some people have difficulty breastfeeding. A lot of people have difficulty breastfeeding. That doesn't mean they can't do it, right? Why are you just told that? Like, how defeating? People don't know. Oh, I hate humans. Yeah, majority of the time. Just, <laughs> oh my god, I swear. Except you guys, we love. Yes, you guys. except you guys. It's us against the world. <laughs> it seriously is though. I know it's it is. Def- it feels that way. Because there is some like sometimes I'm just like I cannot understand like just some of the stuff that happens. The stories that I hear regularly, not even just from our listeners, but from people that I meet, I'm just like my it is mind blowing. I know why but I you even- keep creating life. After yeah, what yeah. people make it sound like we are, you know, some crazy batch of people that are doing this thing that has never been done before. And God knows how we're even going to get through it. 
Like people have been doing this for a million years. Well, yeah. Thousands, but yeah. Thousands. <laughs> Sorry. <whatever>. Long time. <laughs> a really long time. Like since the beginning. Um, yeah. I, you know, and I just think about things that happened that like people said to me. And it's like, I, at the time it was, you know, you're just like, at the time you're just like, oh, you know, wow, that's crazy. And then later yeah. on, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe somebody said that. I I told you, it doesn't come up much because it's not about breastfeeding. But when I was pregnant and I was coming, like talking to my doctor about like, I was reading about like the epidural and like, and I was just, I was like, I don't want that. I just want to like, I just want to do it without that, which was like unfrickin' heard of to this lady. Yeah. Like this was like, you know, I'm having birth in a hospital. It's like just not what you do. And she goes, she looks at me and she's like, oh, no, you you can't. You won't. You can't do that. You can't have a baby without an epidural. You'll be bouncing around too much from the pain. I, what? How does know. she know how you react to pain? Well, and, and how do how have people had babies without an epidural for right. all this time? And uh, honestly, the idea what? is to move around so the baby can move down. That's yeah, the whole I, point. And it, yeah, like if you want to have an epidural, some people like know that they're going to have an epidural before it even go. You know, that's fine. But like telling people, telling me I can't, like can't have a baby without an epidural. How are babies born in taxis and in the, you know, in the villages without <laughs> right. hospitals? And how did I have a home birth a few years later? Just so it's I could un- not be just- around people like that. Oh, I mean, like what an insane thing to say. People say the most insane things. And yeah. this was a doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did a um, like a little talk to residents. And this was years ago. Um and did talk about epidurals and how it impacts breastfeeding. And I remember this one resident goes, do you really tell people not to birth with, to birth without any medication? I go, I don't tell them that. I tell them <laughs> to just be aware of what the medication does. But according to this person, that wasn't something that you should even suggest. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you even suggest that, you know, maybe this could be done without or that's an option. Why would you yeah. suggest all the options? <laughs> right. And it, that's what, it, and it comes down to like, if you want, like I said, if you want the epidural, great, that's an option. If you don't yeah, want it, because that's an I option. Did. Yeah, I did you have, have the all epidural, the choices. By the way. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And I didn't want one. And my sister told me I was crazy. Yeah. And then I got into it. And of course you're at the hospital and there's no like, you know, there's just no, whatever, it's there. And it was miserable. Right. And I was been induced twice and it, whatever. Yeah, it's a whole freaking thing. It's not, yeah. So whatever. So the second time it was different. And then I had a baby without an epidural, you know, because um, that's what bodies do. You defied all of life. Let me tell you. It was crazy. I'm a medical marvel. Yeah. And all of us Haven't breastfeeding right me? now. I'm in the journals. You're in the journals. <laughs> Everybody breastfeeding right now. It's a whole like miracle. Because nobody ever thinks it's possible. Seriously, we are we are, a mir- we are miracles. Everyone should bow down to us. We really should, though. We are pretty miraculous, honestly. Yeah. And what's we even are. more miraculous is that people figure out how to pump. Yes, because that is a whole different animal, right there. Right, like pumping. And we're going to talk about pumping today. We haven't done a pumping episode in a long time. A really long time. Yeah. 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 So- and I. Re- Oh. We wanted to like freshen that up. Yeah, because the basic, you know, we talk about like pumping at work. We talk about pumping if you need to. We talk about pumping. We talk about pumping and like, you know, things about that. But like, here's an example. 
when I had Jack, you know, Jack was a little baby. I got a pump. I don't even remember where, I guess from like my baby shower. And I'm like, okay, here I need to like figure out how to use this. And so I open the box and I take out all these pieces that are like unrecognizable to me. I don't know what any of this is. And then I pull out the manual, which is like a fucking dissertation. <laughs> In 18 different languages. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's so big and thick. And I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. what? I have to get it. I have to get my PhD in this pump before I can use it. And I just like, I don't know, somehow managed to piece it together and like attach it to my boob and turn it on. And like, you know, no one tells you how to use it. It's uh, even the greatest pump companies and there are great ones. It's still a pump and it's still confusing and it's still something that you've never used before the first time you're using it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to use it. So like just that basic, like you're opening the box and like, what do you do? How do you put it on? And then, well, and then, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm just going to turn it all the way up, you know? Right. Pump, turn it all the way up, get the milk out. And then, like, people, milk's not coming out or not very much is coming out. People are freaking out because, you know, nobody knows how to use it. I hear a lot of times people will tell me that they were given a pump in the hospital or they were told, you know, like either that's where they got their pump, because sometimes that happens where that's where you happen to receive your pump, or, they used a pump in the hospital for whatever reason and nobody told them how to use it. They just like, just like showed up in their room. Um, That happens a lot and people are just trying to like figure it out. And it's like, nobody knows like how long, how long to pump for what it's supposed to even sound like, what is right with it, what set it, what the settings are. Um, You know, like it just is ridiculous that we should just automatically know how to use this thing. I mean, it's a piece of equipment like, yeah, that you've never touched before and you're supposed to just know how to use it and how yeah, to clean and it's it, complicated how to keep it. Too. Like, There's like a lot just, of different pieces and moving parts to it. It's like not it's not self-explanatory really no. at all. So if you feel intimidated by your pump, you are not alone because that's what I see all the time. People are like, oh my God, I'm so intimidated by this pump. And sometimes when I do prenatals in person, I'll be like, bring your pump if you want to. Or even when I do postpartum, you know, I'll be like, bring your, you know, people are like, what should I bring with me? I'll be like, you know, if you have pump concerns, bring your pump. Um, even if they're not pumping yet, just to kind of like answer questions about it and all that stuff. And a lot of times people are like, all right, I cleaned it, but I have no idea what else to do with it. I'm like, that's fine. I'll show you. But they can be very intimidating. Yeah. So what are some basics? So we have the parts. I have like a whole list. So first of all, one of the biggest questions I get is when to start pumping. Or they are given a pump in the hospital and they're told to pump in the hospital for whatever reason. Whatever reason. We're not even going to go into the reasons because there's many. And there's many that you shouldn't be pumping in the hospital and you are anyway. But... If your baby is feeding fine, if you're latching the baby, they're feeding well, they're pooping and peeing, they're gaining weight, um, they're doing fine, and you're doing fine, don't pump for at least two weeks. And this is because your body is getting adjusted to what the baby needs. When your milk first starts to come in, your body is making more milk than it needs. So it's up to the baby and your body. They're kind of communicating with each other, right? Like, so when your baby is talking to your body, your baby's nursing and telling your body, this is 
this is how much milk I need right now. This is what I need from you. And your body is going to adjust to that. If in that first two weeks you are feeding your baby and you're pumping, you're going to tell your body you need milk for two babies because you're stimulating it twice as much. And that is not what you want to do. You do not want to end up with an oversupply. So if you can wait at least two weeks for your body to kind of like start to regulate a little bit, that would be really, really helpful. Honestly, there should be no hurry to pumping. And I know people are always like, because I always have, oh, I started pumping as soon as I got home. I have to go back to work. So I need a stash. I want somebody to help me feed during the night. Please just like let it sit for like the first two weeks or so. Really, because there's there's no reason to pump before that. It's just one more thing to do. And yeah. we really just need your baby to tell your body what it needs. It's really important. And the pumping is just not, it, that is like the last thing on the list that you should be worried about at that point. Now, if it's a situation where the baby's separated from you or you have such bad pain with breastfeeding, the latch is really painful, you have damaged nipples, you're working with a lactation consultant, then maybe you're adding in some pumping to help with healing or to figure out what's going on there because you should be working with somebody. Then maybe you'll, you know, you'll be pumping. If the baby's not gaining weight, again, you should be working with somebody. Please don't in, you know, incorporate pumping without working with a lactation consultant that early in the game if there's a problem with feeding. So like if you're at your pediatrician's office and they say, oh, your baby's not gaining well, you need to supplement. So start pumping. Don't just like, you know, wild, wild west, all of a sudden just start <laughs> doing random stuff because we want to make sure you're not going to have an oversupply. Yeah. And like, I, I, maybe this is, maybe everybody already knows this, but maybe not. Like you don't, you don't automatically have to pump just because you're breastfeeding doesn't mean you have to pump. People are told like pumping, that though. Yeah, right. But that's not true. Like you don't, no. if you don't need to be away from your baby and have milk for when you're away, you, you don't need to pump. But people not just are like an told. automatic thing. No, it's not. And just because pumps are available doesn't mean you have to have one and have to use one. And I would actually have this conversation with a mom I saw the other day. And she was pumping one side because the baby had um, caused some nipple damage just on one side. So she was feeding the baby on one side and pumping that other side because it was feeling full. And she's somebody who plans to just stay at home with her kids. She's got another you know, little boy and she homeschools and she just wasn't returning to work. So she was going to stay home. And I'm like, she's like, I hate this pumping. And I'm like, well, there's really no reason for you to do it. You're home with them. And she's like, I know I should never need to pump, you know, and she's right. She shouldn't because unless she's going to be separated from her baby or whatever, she doesn't really, you know, she's like, I don't need to do this. Right. Um, but sometimes people will tell you in order to keep your supply, you need to pump. And yeah, that yeah, is yeah, not yeah. true. Yeah, no, that's not true. That's what I thought this whole time. That's what I thought with Jack. That's why I had that pump. And that's why I was like pumping, you know, and then it turns into this thing. It's like, well, pump after every time you nurse. And so I'm nursing all the time and then putting him down so that I can pump. Yeah. Which makes zero sense. Like, why yeah. is it better to pump than have the baby just there? It's yeah, it's crazy. It's it is crazy. So the next thing is the pump settings, because this is confusing to everybody. Yes. And people will ask me, what should I have my pump set on? 
And I will tell you, I don't have a good answer for you because everybody is different. Every pump is different. Like every pump brand is different. And I, you know, if I say to you, oh, put your pump on eight, that might be painful for you. Or maybe it's not strong enough for you, depending on you, right? Like, so that isn't accurate. I want you to put your pump on what is comfortable for you. So most pumps have like the first setting, they have usually two settings, one that's kind of fast and then one that's more slow and rhythmic. So the one that's a little bit faster is like supposed to trigger a letdown. And that's like what the baby would do if you would latch the baby and they are suck, 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 suck. And that kind of like triggers a letdown. And then once the milk starts flowing with the pump, then it can go, you can switch it to a more rhythmic, like suck, swallow, suck, swallow, like the baby does. It's supposed to mimic the baby. So you can, you know, mess around with those two cycles, which I never knew when I was pumping because I pumped with the twins. Yeah. But I never knew that. I never knew that you could go back to the first cycle to trigger another letdown after the milk stops flowing a little bit. You know, you can nope. kind of mess around yep. and see what works best for you. And I had no idea about that. But the important thing with the settings is do not turn it up all the way. That is not going to get more milk. That is going to be damaging to breast tissue. And I have had people contact me w- with what they thought was a latch problem. And it was actually a pumping problem because the pump was up too high. So that is definitely, you want to make sure that you don't have it turned up all the way, that you are just where it's comfortable for you. And that is something like if you are pumping, say, say you're returning to work at eight weeks, which is ridiculous, but happens, right? All the time. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. So you might want to start pumping at around four weeks to, you know, kind of like store some milk away. What you have your pump set at at four weeks might be kind of low because you're a little bit tender, a little bit sensitive still. Mm-hmm. Um, hormones are still, you know, all over the place. Maybe by the time your baby is four months old and you've been pumping at work for two months, you might be able to turn that up. You might be like, oh my gosh, I could turn this up a little bit. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't hurt anymore. Um, so it's something that you can adjust later on too, but listen to your body because that is, that's the key right there is just listening to your body. Yeah. And the goal is not to have it high as high as possible. The goal is just to have it as set at where it's where the most milk is coming out. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, kind of, so play around with it. You know, there's no like right or wrong. Play around with it and see what works for you. See, you know, some people will put the, you know, put the first cycle on for three minutes. Some people will do it for 30 seconds. You know, like it just depends on how your body responds to everything too. So once you kind of are playing around with it and see what works for you, then you, then you know, you know, you know what you should be doing. Let's hear about the breastfeeding shop. Yeah, I was going to say. That's where you can get your pump, right? So, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. Sometimes right. people think we're like, oh, well, should we, <laughs> we're like, oh, they must be doing this episode because of their like sponsor paid them to. No. <laughs> no. no. We don't I plan completely. like that. I mean, we don't plan anything <laughs> like that. It just happens that we just pick the perfect sponsors. I know. Um, okay. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast pumps, breast pump accessories, and more through insurance. 
The breastfeeding shop works with most health insurances like TRICARE, Aetna, Cigna, United, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and more. As a female-owned company, the breastfeeding shop helps provide resources to moms so they can have a successful outcome, whether it be for a mom who chooses to exclusively breast pump, breastfeed, or both breast pump and breastfeed. It's not just about shipping a pump to the new mom. It's understanding and relating to her needs individually and making her day a little easier. Check out all of the breast pumps at thebreastfeedingshop.com and apply for one now through your insurance. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you leak breast milk? Have you ever thought about how much breast milk you are soaking up into breast pads and throwing away? What if you could catch that milk and add it to your stash instead? The Milky's Milk Saver allows you to do just that. Slide the milk saver into your bra or tank top on the non-nursing side to catch the letdown while you breastfeed. People are adding ounces upon ounces to their stash on a daily basis. Thousands and thousands of breastfeeders have discovered this product. It holds two ounces of milk, it's comfortable to wear, and reusable. You might be thinking that you don't leak very much. That is what most people say before they actually use the milk saver. You will be shocked at how much milk you actually collect and at how much liquid gold you were throwing into the garbage. This milk can be used to beef up your stash to make breast milk keepsakes for baths, for breast milk popsicles, for lotions, soaps, you name it. Breast milk is worth saving. Check out the Milky's Milk Saver at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. Um, and all of our sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode wherever you are listening or at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. At badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can also find our entire sponsor page and you will find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yeah. We'll talk about pumps. You can also go to a lactation consultant about pumping. Yes. Yes, because I have people that do that all the time. So flanges, what are they? Oh my God. I was like well into parenthood before I found out that flanges were like different sizes. Yes. And so flanges are the cone shaped things that go on your breast. That's what they're called flanges. And they are, they can come in different sizes. You might have a couple different ones that um, came with your pump, depending on what kind of pump you have. Doesn't mean if you received a certain size with your pump, it doesn't mean that's the right size. So if it's uncomfortable, you might have to experiment a little bit with different sizes of flanges. Um, it should not be uncomfortable. Pumping shouldn't be uncomfortable. It shouldn't feel pinchy. It shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't have any kind of pain associated with pumping. So just, you know, kind of keep in mind that um, if it is uncomfortable, it could be flange size. And you can definitely see a lactation consultant over that and be like, you know, I'm not sure if this is working because my my pump is painful. So it shouldn't be. Just like breastfeeding your baby shouldn't be painful, pumping shouldn't be painful either. And if it is painful, it's related to either flange size or having your pump up too high. Either one of those things. And there's like these little guides on, you know, Google that can help you find the right size flange. Yeah, for sure. But then also flange size is going to like change throughout your breastfeeding journey because your nipple is going to change. 
Mm-hmm. Your also- breast is going to like your your supply is going to regulate. Um, you you know, so what you're using at four weeks might change by four months. So kind of just keep that in mind that one one is not going to be you know what what you start off using might not be what you end up using, and you might need depending on you know your breast and your nipples, you might use a different size for each breast too each breast, like you've got 18 Uh, uh of them or something, but (laughs) like (laughs) for, you know, one, your left might be bigger than your right. So you might need different sizes. Um, That's fine. It's not, it's normal, but just kind of know that you might have to do that kind of um, like detective work when it comes to making sure pumping is comfortable. Yeah. And part of the detective work too is like, if you're going to measure yourself to make sure it's right, pump for a little while first for like a few minutes or five minutes. Because your your nipple's going to change size during the pumping session, too. Yeah, it is going to change a little bit. Yeah, it's going to swell a little bit. So when you are pumping, people ask, how long should I pump for? No longer than 20 minutes. It just gets annoying, really. There's no reason to pump longer than 20 minutes. And most parents, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. So when people ask me, I'm always like, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Some people find that they get all the milk they're going to get within 10 minutes. There's no reason to keep pumping then. You know, just like shut that thing off. Um, Some people will go 20 minutes because they're still getting some milk. So yeah, go to 20 minutes. There are pumps out there that will just time out at 30. So people will sit on that pump for 30 minutes because they wait until the pump stops pumping. You don't have to do that. You can turn it off at any point. But there's really, I I feel like there's really no reason to pump longer than 20 minutes. It just, yeah, I mean, so, at some point you're just like, there's, you know, you got the majority of the milk out. Yeah. And especially, you know, I'm always going to be talking about hands-on pumping. Yeah. And I, you don't ever use a pump and just be like, well, I have such a great pump. I don't need hands-on pumping. No, that's not true. You need to be using hands-on pumping if you're pumping. That is the correct way to use a pump. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Which is like the combination of breast massage and breast compression to help the milk come out. And at some point, it's just out. Mm -hmm. So don't, if you just pump for 30, 40 minutes, you know, it's not like you're going to just keep, it's out. Yeah. Turn it off. Yeah. I mean... It's just, it's not worth it, right? And sometimes people will say, well, I'm just checking emails or I'm just doing this. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, everybody kind of does what they what they do. But if you're like, I don't want to pump longer than 10 minutes. Do I need to? No, you don't need to. Do what works for you. There's no rules, right? Everybody is different. And what works for one person does not mean that it's something you need to do. Yeah. Um. Cleaning the pump parts. This You do not need to sterilize your pump parts after every single time you use them. Hallelujah. You do not. Right? Hallelujah is right. You do not need to do that. If you are pumping several times a day, you don't need to wash your pump parts after every single session. Just put them in like a Ziploc baggie or something or a wet dry bag or something like that and throw them in the refrigerator with the milk with the bottles of milk, just put them in the refrigerator. And then when you need to use them, take them out and use them again. And at the end of the day, just give them a really good wash and, you know, good and nice hot soupy water or whatever. 
If you have those sterilizing bags, you know, those can be super easy, um, but you do not have to do it after every single session at all. And that is something when I tell people that they're like, oh my God, because part of pumping, especially if you're somebody who pumps a lot, part of the pumping, the trouble with it is the time involved with cleaning the parts. That is what I hear all the time from parents like, oh my gosh, it's just so much washing. That takes so much more extra time to wash all the parts. And especially if you're doing a lot of pumping or you're, you know, that is a huge chunk of time. So just don't do it. You don't need to. It's fine. It's just breast milk. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. That is a real time saver. Oh my gosh, it's such a time saver. Um, Have extra parts. You know, if you're a working parent or you're pumping quite a bit, definitely have extra parts so you can just switch them out. You know, like just, okay, I'll wash these tomorrow. I'll just throw these in my bag tonight. You know, like that kind of thing. Um, It's just, it makes things easier if you have a couple different sets of parts. And ask wherever you got your pump or if you're working through a place like the breastfeeding shop where they go through your insurance, find out if you can get parts. Because I was just going to say that. Yeah. I was opening my mouth to say that. Were you really? Yes. (laughs) Like just, a, yeah, like like check for the, because people don't think about doing the parts through the insurance. Mm-hmm. And you can just, if, you ha- if you're like, oh, well, that's not going to help me right now because I already have a pump and, you know, it's fine. Then get new parts. Yeah. Sometimes they'll cover parts monthly, which, you, I mean, you awesome. do need to change your parts out. You do. You need to change the parts out. If you're somebody who pumps a lot, you should be changing your parts out like every month, month and a half, probably. So it does make a difference because that stuff kind of adds up too. I know they're not expensive, but after a while, it can be. I mean, and you have, I mean, like we have to pay for everything. We have to pay to live, right? I mean, so if you can get something for free, get it. Absolutely. And like you can go like, and that's why, and that's why just to say this, going to like the breastfeeding shop website and like, Using them as a way, as like a way to apply through your insurance, makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than like that's why we have calling some like representative on your insurance. The representative is going to be like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't think we do that because they can't. They just don't know everything, right? About everything. It's they just don't. And so you have the breastfeeding shop um, to like help you navigate that with your insurance company. Because yeah. they know Let what to say. They know how to work it. Absolutely. Letting somebody else handle it is so much better. So what is the best time of day to pump? Early in the morning. And that is because your prolactin levels, which keep your milk supply high, is highest overnight, which is why you wake up full or you're leaking overnight. Sometimes people are like, oh my God, I woke up in a puddle of milk. And why nursing through the night is so great for your milk supply. Oh my God. So great for milk supply. So, and even if you're nursing through the night, you still wake up pretty full in the morning. So usually, you know, you feed your baby that first feed of the morning, 6, 7 a.m., something like that. Feed your baby and pump right after that. And that is usually the best time of day. You're going to probably, at least most people find this to be true. You're going to probably yield more milk during that time of day than any other time of day. Now, One of the things that I've had people tell me is that they don't know what to do about their pumping because they get inconsistent amounts and they just don't know how to figure that out. And I'm like, that is normal. 
you are not going to get the same amount of milk every single time you pump. You're just not. It's your body reacts in different ways. It's going to depend on time of day. It's going to depend on the pump. It's going to depend on how stressed out you are when you're pumping. It's going to depend on when the baby last ate. Like there are so many variables that go into pumping. Expect it to be changing all the time. It is okay. It doesn't mean anything if you got an ounce, you know, today, but yesterday you got four. It doesn't mean you're running out of milk. Totally normal. So just kind of go with it. Most people find that end of the day, they get less milk. Um, that's really normal. You know, pumping is also not an indication of your milk supply. That is a very important thing to remember. And I always take advantage of the fact that I think people know that and people don't know that. So it is not an indication of how much milk you are making. If you pump an ounce, that doesn't mean your body's only made an ounce. That doesn't mean your baby's only getting an ounce. That means you pumped an ounce. That's it. End of story. Like it does not, it does not equate. And sometimes I'll still hear people tell me, well, my pediatrician told me to pump to see how much milk I'm making. Or my mother told me to pump and see how much milk I'm making. No, that does not tell you how much milk you're making. The pump does not get out all the milk. It doesn't. It can't. It's not the baby. So what you pump is what you pump. And honestly, and also don't look at like Instagram and stuff like that either, because people have like these huge bottles of milk that they claim to have pumped. And that is, if that's true, it's freakish because that's not how it's supposed to be. What people normally pump, what the normal amount to pump is, is anywhere from half an ounce to two ounces. You shouldn't be pumping six ounces of milk. Your baby's never going to take that much. So yeah. just don't try to reach that goal that is not realistic because it's, and if you are pumping that much, you have an oversupply, which is something that we don't want to have either. We want to be able to pump just what your baby needs and that's it. But we live in this world where everything needs to be in excess. And if you don't have so much ex, you know, extra milk, then there's something wrong with you. And that's not the case. I don't know if you have anything to say about yeah. that, but I always kind of go up on that hill for a while too. Yeah, no, I, 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 I I'm co-signing on your hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So then the next thing I wanted to talk about was how frequently you should pump. Because people ask me about that too. Well, how often should I pump? That depends on you, believe it or not. You have all the control in the world over this. So if you, and it depends on how much milk you want, that's why I always tell people, play around with it, play around with the pump, give yourself time, right? Like don't, don't wait until the day before you have to go back to work to start pumping because we want, I want to make sure that you are comfortable with your pump, that you've messed around with it a little bit. You know which settings are comfortable for you. You know what time of day you like to pump, like all of those things. So that, and you know, like what you're, you know, kind of how much milk you're getting because that way you can determine like, okay, how much milk do I want? And I find people to be very different when it comes to this. Some people are fine with like a week backup of milk in their freezer and some people want 150 ounces at all times. Like, But I feel so like it, that's when the anxiety starts. Yes, you're absolutely right. That can take, that's not necessary and that's not realistic for a lot of people's milk supply. That's like, right. I mean, you, I mean, honestly, you really have to have an oversupply in order to do that. Yeah. And people don't want an oversupply. I think people think they want it, but 
I know. And I think, and you know, and you also don't want to be spending all your time, especially, I know I keep going back to like returning to work, but that's when people are doing most of the pumping, you know, is when they're going back to work and you don't want to spend your whole maternity leave pumping. At least I hope you don't want to spend your whole maternity leave pumping. No, and you don't need to. You don't need to. I think people think that you're going to need to, you know, that I'm going to have to, I have to start now. I'm going to have to pump pretty much all the time. And, And that's not true. That's not true. So it really depends on how much milk you want to have. You know, it just, it just kind of does. And just don't um, want to have 150. You, know, you, you don't, don't need to. Don't, don't want that. Yeah. You don't I'm need to do that. I'm telling you not to want that. Yeah. Cause then people are like, all right, I have all this milk to donate or I have, you know, who needs milk or what do I do with all this extra milk? You know, when the baby's like a year and it's like, okay, now we've got too much milk. Um, but you, you really don't need to, you know, put that kind of time into it. Um, I hear often I want to pump right away so that my partner can feed. And that always makes me grip my teeth a little bit because uh, it's just like one of those things, you know, where it's like, do you want your partner to feed because you don't want to feed or does your partner want to feed because they want to be involved? Like, how does this really balance out? You know, um, the one thing I do tell parents is that you have to keep in mind that if you are somebody who says, well, I want my partner to feed during the night so I can get a longer stretch of sleep. Or sometimes the partner will say to me, I want to be able to feed overnight so that she can get some sleep. And it's like, but she's going to have to get up and pump anyway because her body's going to fill up. And if you're missing feeds, that is going to impact milk supply. So we know that those overnight feedings are pain in the ass. We know nobody wants to get up for them, but they are important. And you can absolutely pump and let somebody else feed the baby, but you have to make sure that you are pumping in place of a feeding. Because if you're not pumping in place of a feeding, you're telling your body you don't need milk. And that's when you're running into problems. You know, if it's done consistently, mm-hmm. that's when you start running into into problems. Now, if you listened to our episode on um uh what was it? It was the one where it was like um where milk supply dips after three months or something like that. What the hell was that oh, episode uh, called? Um late onset milk supply issues. Oh yeah. So which I'll tag it in the um I'll put it in the show notes. But one of the things we learned from that episode was that in the beginning, when your milk supply is becoming established, the frequent feeds is what really sets your body up, gets all those prolactin receptors set up and really get your body set up for a strong milk supply overall. So if you're skipping feeds during that time in those early days, that's where you f- we might have those problems later on when your milk supply regulates. It's going to regulate to a, a supply that might be a little bit lower because your body wasn't triggering those that prolactin early on. So I will um, I will post that in the show notes so you can go back and listen to it if you haven't. But that's, I mean, it's important. And we know everybody that is listening has probably been through those night feeds. We know mm-hmm. they suck, but they're important. So if nothing else, maybe, you know, have your partner feed so you can take a nap or, t- you know, take a bath or have a break or something like that. We totally get it. But those night feeds are important to have. Um, that was kind of it for the pumping 101 for me. Did you have anything extra you wanted to add? Um, no. I'm sure there's stuff I'm forgetting that people are going to write in and be like, you maybe. forgot this. Oh, well, 
Um, yeah, I think that we covered everything. And yeah, those um, are really the you, basics. Yeah, I mean, if you pumping. have questions and need ex- things expanded on, then just we'll do another episode. Yeah, for and sure. Let us know. Yeah, you guys are usually pretty good at letting us know, like, but yeah. I'm pumping and this is happening. So and, yeah, and don't be shy if people are like people do write to us all the time. Don't be shy. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> You can. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. But these are kind of the things that when I teach a breastfeeding class to prenatals, this is the kind of stuff that I want them to know. I want them mm-hmm. to know when to start pumping, um, how long to pump for, what to expect with it, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I think that's really important. And then you kind of figure stuff out as you start playing with it as you go along. But I just want you to have the basics. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.